Good morning, everyone. We're glad to see each of you on the call today. Uh, the purpose of the call on Tuesday morning like this is to add value uh, to you through both education or through education preparation and nuts and bolts to be successful. And I wanted to kind of outline for you today, and, and Dave and I are excited about this, is the short-term goal on our Tuesday calls is for everyone to get one or two more sales this week to help fund your business and help get you started, jump-started. The long-term goal of these calls is to prepare you to be less dependent on other people to run your business so that you don't have to make that call every time you have a situation, you know, in underwriting, you learn where to find the information. Now, today, we're going to share how insurance companies underwrite and their use of tables in determining risk and respective price. Uh, specifically, uh, Dave Crocker and I are going to deal with diabetes. Now, uh, one of the things that you receive through the mail were the worksheets for diabetes. And our products are priced to accept four tables as a, uh, as a standard risk and a standard price. And I'm going to go into a couple of details on that before David jumps on the call here. But the purpose in the worksheets that they have put out or their questionnaires, as we like to call them, is that provides the insurance company with in information that's vital for their underwriting process. They would normally get that information from the nurse going to the home and doing the exam and then from the lab work they received from the blood and the urine test. But as many of you know, and some of our new people don't, but this is very important, is we don't do exams on simplified issue. So the insurance companies are totally dependent on the eyes and ears of the agent. Well, obviously, the eyes and ears of a brand-new agent, they're not going to ask some of the questions maybe they should. So the company's been gracious enough to provide us with these questionnaires. Uh, rather than look at it as a, a chain and ball around your leg, look at it as a, uh, a vehicle that can be used. What it becomes, it becomes a disclaimer in writing that the client is stating a certain medication is used for or a certain procedure is done for a specific reason. See, many times the company really wants to issue that policy, but they need a little more information to do so to say yes. However, without that clarification, guys, if they make a mistake, it costs the insurance company fifty, a hundred, two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So they have to be careful with that. So they really want to issue the policies, but they need that clarification before they can move forward. And I'll give you a classic example of what I'm talking about. David will probably talk a little more about this later, but Mutual of Omaha, they are not kind to people diagnosed with diabetes before age 50. In fact, it's an automatic decline. When they go through the questionnaire and get to that question, and it was they were diagnosed at age 46 or 49, they stop everything and it's an immediate decline. However, if somebody was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes after age 50, Mutual of Omaha is more forgiving. So the purpose in today's call is to kind of explain how that works. Now, I wanted to go over one thing. Now, the numbers, and, and I'm going to turn it over to David in a minute, minute, but I wanted to explain to you how these tables work. And I've, I went back and I took a regular 
life insurance company height and weight chart. So these heights and weights I'm giving you now do not match what David's going to go over with in just a minute. But for example, if you're a male, six foot tall, not on any medications, and your height, uh, your weight is up to 255 pounds, you're what they consider a standard risk. However, if you're 268 pounds, the company says, you're a little bit heavy here and we see more risk here, they're going to add 25% to the price. That's what we call table A. If you're 282 pounds, there's more risk. They add another 25% going to table B, so now it's 50% more. So if the premium originally was going to be 100, table A makes it 125. Table B makes it 150. A table C on height and weight alone, if you're six foot and you weigh 294 pounds, that's a table C or a 75% rating. Table D on height and weight alone, you could weigh up to 305 pounds and it's going to be uh, another 25%. So instead of $100 a month, that person, it's going to be $200 a month. So understanding how these tables work, and Dave is going to go back through here and explain how what happens to that height and weight when we add type 2 diabetes to that perfectly, uh, what we think is a normal healthy person. But it does make a difference. Uh, David, if you would uh, explain how important understanding this information has been to your success in the business, I think everybody would appreciate that, and then explain how you use these tables. Sounds good, yes. Okay, so uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I wanted to, uh, Connie sent out in the GroupMe chat a link to three documents. And so if you're sitting there and you don't know what in the world we're talking about on these documents, go back to GroupMe, look uh, yesterday afternoon, there's some documents there that uh, Connie had sent out to, in, in Dropbox folders that you can print or you can look at. And the reason these are important is you're going to want to have a hard copy of these in the field. I use these, uh, these three documents probably five to ten times a week. Okay, and the documents, the, the, the three packages are, uh, it's a Forrester's Diabetes Worksheet, a Columbia Financial Group Diabetes Worksheet, and then the Mutual of Omaha Diabetes Guidelines. Um, and so let's talk about what the worksheets are. Forrester's and CFG have done an incredible job breaking the whole concept of diabetes down to a very simple idea. Could we create a score, a score that the client is assigned based off their height and weight, based off how long has it been since they were diagnosed and at what age were they diagnosed, and then a couple of other factors like tobacco use uh, and uh, things like that. And so they've created a little worksheet for us. Foresters has even simplified it even more. Foresters has simplified it down to two factors the age and duration since they were diagnosed, and then their height and weight. And so having these worksheets in the field has been a lifesaver for, for me when it comes to underwriting diabetes, because I know when I first started, I would, you know, I remember calling Johnny Brooks one time, okay, I have somebody that's diabetic and they're 58 years old, and what do I do? And it was a scary thing because at the time I didn't understand a lot of the difference between type 1 and type 2. I didn't understand a lot of the medications that we see. You know, like you go in the home, somebody says metformin. 
Well, now, you know, three years later, I know metformin is, is, is like aspirin to diabetics. I mean, it's just everybody takes it. It's kind of the go-to drug for type 2 diabetes. But when I first started, I thought metformin, oh, no, they're on metformin. What do I do? What do I do? And so um, over the last two years, Foresters and Columbia Financial have taken this idea and made it so much simpler for us to underwrite in the home that it will it will really give us a, uh, I don't want to say a guarantee, but, but strong confidence that the individual is going to get approved uh, with, with diabetes if we follow the guidelines here. So if you have these in front of you, I want to look at uh, the Foresters worksheet and the Columbia Financial Group worksheet. And again, if you don't have them printed off, go to the group me right now, click on the drop box, and you should be able to bring a PDF up on your, on your phone at least or wherever you're sitting. If you printed them off, that's even better. So let's start off with looking at the Foresters worksheet because this is the Foresters, in my humble opinion, as we sit here right now, and I could be wrong, but in my humble opinion, I think Foresters tends to be the most lenient, at least when it comes to type 2 diabetics. Okay, And so if you have the worksheet in front of you, you'll notice it's broken down into two steps. Okay, Step one is they want to know a rating for diabetes duration. And there's a little chart here. And the chart asks you two things, the age that the client currently is, and then how long ago were they diagnosed with diabetes. So let's take the example of somebody in their 50s. Somebody who's 50 years old would be in the 50 to 59 bracket. And then we ask them, how long ago were you diagnosed? If they were diagnosed less than five years in the grid here, Foresters gives them a two as the score. If they were diagnosed six to 15 years ago, Foresters gives them a three. If they were diagnosed greater than 15 years ago, Foresters gives them a four. Now, six months ago, Foresters was pretty much a hard stop for anybody with diabetes under the age of 35. Now they're actually giving an exception. They're saying somebody who's 50 years old They'll, they'll take them, even if they were diagnosed longer than 15 years earlier, prior to age of 35, and they give them a four, the number four. And then if you look on the chart, on the bottom right or the middle right of the chart, you can write in what the rating is. So you give them a four from step one, and then you move to step two. They want to know what their current height and weight is. So let's say this 58-year-old individual is five foot eight. And they're between the ages of, or the, the weight of 109 to 207 pounds. Well, then Foresters, if you look at the corresponding score on there, is a zero. So their ultimate score with Foresters is a four. <clears throat> and if you look, their instructions are, if the total is six or less from these, the combination of these two steps, they qualify for simplified issue or, or what we would know as strong foundation with Foresters. Okay. And um, now let's go further over their five foot eight, but let's go over to the third column. Maybe they're between 260 and 266 pounds. Well, now they get a three. Well, you add that to the four that they got from the previous chart. Now their score is a seven. We can't take them simplified issue. A lot of times, <clears throat> I know a lot of us are really used to, uh, you know, we ask the person what their height and weight is when we're doing our underwriting. And then what happens is, we look at the build chart, but we forget to look at the diabetes build chart. And Foresters has this dedicated chart. Whenever somebody says diabetes, we don't want to look at the build chart that's in the, in the underwriting guidelines 
that you get from the carrier or like on the, the Equus website, they have the, the term underwriting guidelines on there. You can download that. That build chart generally doesn't have the diabetes worksheet in there. And so it's really important for us when we're, when we're doing these, we got to understand the moment somebody mentions diabetes, we got to look at this at the diabetes build chart. And the nice thing with foresters, they've broken it down into this one-page worksheet. Now, there's a couple of qualifiers that foresters has. If you look in the upper right of the worksheet, if the client mentions insulin use in any way, shape, or form, there's a type one worksheet they want you to do, and that's the second page, okay, of their worksheet, and you follow the steps on that, okay? The other part is that they don't take people under age 20. It says right that on here. The other part is that if they have an A1C above 8.9% or if they have had any vision, nerve pain, or kidney complications, you cannot continue with simplified issue. And those instructions are on this worksheet. So what's really nice to do is the moment, and the diabetics, by the way, they know this is coming. The moment they mention diabetes to you, they know that there's going to be a little bit of a dog and pony show you're going to have to go through to get them underwritten. This is not their first rodeo. I can guarantee you they know what's coming. And so you say, well, let's take a few minutes and let's underwrite your diabetes. Let's ask you some questions. And what's really nice, I've actually carried just blanks of this chart with me, and I pull it out and I fill it out with them right there on the table. Okay, how old are you now? How long ago were you diagnosed? Okay, so they're going to give us a number four in this column here. Okay, now your height and your weight. Okay, now we're going to get a three. Now over here it says if we have a six or less, we qualify as long as, and then I go through the questions, your most recent A1C, is it above 8.9? Okay, if the answer is no, and then you say, are there any vision, nerve pain, or kidney complications? And what they're talking about there are retinopathy, neuropathy or nephropathy. Um, and the indicator in the home, you know, if we make it a habit to ask people to bring out their medications while we're underwriting, go ahead and bring in all the meds you take. If a diabetic brings out gabapentin, you know that the likelihood that they have vision, nerve, or kidney complications is pretty high because gabapentin is probably the number one thing that doctors prescribe for diabetics that have uh, those kinds of complications. And those are indicators of, uh, like neuropathy is an indicator of their nerve system failing. It's more of an autoimmune reaction to diabetes. It means the circulation is not getting their extremities. They're starting to get pain because their nerves are dying. And this is when you start to see people, like you start to see amputations, significant complications where they lose their mobility. They're in a significant amount of pain. And so when you're sitting there and somebody says, I'm diabetic, I'm type 2, okay, what do you take? Well, I take metformin, okay. Can you go ahead and bring everything else, bring, bring everything out? And then they show you their prescription bottles. If it says gabapentin on one of those prescription bottles, then you, you can rest assured there is likelihood, likelihood of neuropathy or nephropathy or retinopathy. Now, after that, you say, okay, well, I know I can't take them simplified issue. You, you already know that. If you ask them, hey, have you had neuropathy? Yeah, I got tingling in my feet, and the doctor's been working. Well, we're not going to be able to take them simplified issue. And so if you follow the steps on this chart, then that will let you know when you're done with this chart, if they scored a six or less, we know that they're going to qualify for simplified issue with foresters. Um, now, on the gabapentin part of things, let's do a quick little rabbit trail. When is gabapentin allowed? You'll also see prescriptions for gabapentin if a client has had nerve damage due to an injury. Uh, I had a client, he ran a jackhammer for 30 years, all right? 
over the over time, his nerves and his hands developed injury. Literally, he lost the feeling in his hands from that jackhammer, and he was prescribed gabapentin for the nerve pain that resulted from that. That's okay. The carriers understand that a, that an injury, and more of an osteo, O-S-T-E-O, an osteo type of an injury from nerve pain, that's different than nerves dying due to an immune disorder that's being resulting of diabetes out of control. So don't let the word gabapentin scare you. What we want to know is the gabapentin there for an injury-caused nerve damage or, or a diabetes-caused nerve pain. And so following through with foresters, going through the elements of this chart, you can have a lot of confidence moving forward that, okay, I know I can take this person. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm doing a strong foundation. I know I can take this individual strong foundation if their score is six or less, and if they're not using insulin, and if, if they don't have an A1C above 8.9, and they don't have the vision, nerve pain, or kidney. Now, if you can pull out the same worksheet for Columbia Financial, this was also in the documents Connie sent out. So pull that out. They have a very similar process. They've added a couple of steps to it. Step one is the age of their application and how long since diagnosis, and they have similar scores, okay? Uh, and in step two, they have a diabetes weight chart, and they have a little chart there, and you find the score for that. Step three, have they used any nicotine in the last two months, and they'll hit them with a two-point score that they have on that. And then step four, if they use insulin. So this chart will address either type 1 or type 2 diabetics. And so when you add up all of those scores, if they equal four or less, Columbia Financial cannot take them. Or they can take them if they equal four or less. If they're more than four, they can't take them uh, for their Safe Shield product, which is their, their mortgage protection product. So if, if we're in the home and somebody mentions diabetes, to pull out Foresters or Columbia Financial, either of these worksheets, and work through them, you can have a lot of confidence knowing going forward that you're going to have a, a good opportunity to get them approved as long as you follow the worksheets here. Now, on Columbia Financial, you look at the top, they have general guidelines, and they tell you insulin diabetics under age 50 uh, are not eligible. Insulin diabetics who use tobacco. And so if you go through those steps and you make a little check mark just as you go, okay, they, they still qualify, they still qualify, uh-oh, they're a non-insulin non diabetic, but they're under age 30 here in the second section, so I can't take them. So this chart here with both of these carriers can kind of become your Bible when it comes to diabetes underwriting in the home. Now, the last step, let's talk about AmeriCo and let's talk about Mutual of Omaha because one of the documents we, we printed off that Connie sent out was for Mutual of Omaha. Mutual of Omaha for diabetics diagnosed after the age of 50, they're friendly as long as there are no complications. They're very friendly to that, but they have a hard line in the sand. It is, it is like a brick wall. It is the Berlin Wall of underwriting. If, they, if you're sitting across the table from somebody who's diabetic and they say, okay, they're, maybe they're 52, when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed last year. Okay, fine. Then we can look at Mutual of Omaha, and these underwriting guidelines show you the allowable build chart and the, and the conditions that are allowed. They don't have a scoring system, but they do show you on here what impairments are allowed and which ones are not. But if they mention that they were diagnosed eight years ago, well, 52 minus 8, that was diagnosed prior to age 50, then we know they don't qualify for Mutual of Omaha. 
Okay, and now let's talk about Americo. Americo is also friendly to diabetes as long as, generally speaking, they were diagnosed after the age of 50. They don't have a clear cut. Uh, their underwriting guidelines are not as clear cut the way Mutual of Omaha or Foresters or CFG. And one of the challenges with Americo is on their e-app is, uh, is when you get to their, di their diabetes questions, they ask the question, does the client check their blood sugar daily or monthly? And a lot of type 2 diabetics do not check their blood sugar because they're not really uh, taking insulin. They don't, need to, they don't need to set up their insulin injections, and they're basically going to the doctor once every six months. And as long as their A1C is under 8.5, the doctor is just giving them metformin and sends them out the door. Well, Americo has a question on there do you check your blood sugar? And if the client says no, then a little red warning pops up that says then they do not qualify for their HMS product, okay? So I have found for a good rule of thumb for myself, as much as I love Americo and I love their 8% bonus and I love the higher commissions they pay, the very first thing I ask on the diabetics is do you check your blood sugar in the home? If they say no, then I roll right over to Forrester's Strong Foundation. If, you know, if I thought that Miracle was going to be a candidate, but if the client says they don't check their blood sugar, then I move over to Forrester's because I know I'm going to have a lot easier chance getting them underwritten in the home. So a lot to think about. Just let's review. Let's go back to the top. You really want to make sure you have these worksheets out with Forrester's and Columbia Financial. You want to make sure in the back of your head, <clears throat> that you understand the hard line in the sand that Mutual of Omaha has at age 50. Any diagnosis of diabetes prior to age 50 is a hard line in the sand. Run away from Mutual of Omaha like the plague if that happens. And then be really conscious. If you want to go to America, that's fine. But be really conscious of the age of diagnosis. You really want to take people that were diagnosed after the age of 50. And then also make sure that if you do that, that they check their uh, blood sugar on a daily or monthly basis. That's critical or you won't be able to get them underwritten. Now, the very last thing, and then Dick, I'll hand it back over to you. This entire conversation has revolved around the term products, <clears throat> the mortgage protection products. So, you know, our 15, 20, 30-year products with Forrester's, you know, Forrester Strong Foundation, Columbia Financial Safe Shield, Mutual of Omaha's Term Life Express, and Americo's Home Mortgage Series, all right? So we say, okay, well, what about final expense? On the applications for each carrier, they treat diabetes differently on the final expense world, or what we call critical period. On there, each of their applications kind of act as a worksheet because they're broken up into two or three sections. They'll have a section A, which has if any answer in this section is a yes, the client does not qualify at all. So if the, you know, when you go through, like, let's talk about uh, Mutual of Omaha, or let's talk about Columbia Financial's Dignified Choice Series. Section A has a series of questions. If any answer in there is a yes, then they don't qualify. Well, most carriers <clears throat> don't have diabetes questions in that section. <clears throat> so you know you're good to go to the next section. Section B might say, if you have one impairment in the following section, it's okay. And so if one of the diabetes questions in there has a yes, that's fine. As long as it's no more than one yes, then they'll say, okay, they qualify, and they'll tell you what product they qualify for. Some of the carriers even have a third section where they allow a yes there as well. 
And so as long as you have just one yes in that section, then you're good to go. And so <clears throat> what those charts will do, what those applications will do, is they will show you as you go along, as long as you don't have more than whatever the instructions say, more than X number of yeses in each section, and it will tell you what product they qualify for. Well, if you'll notice in there that some of the questions they ask will be neuropathy. A couple of the carriers actually allow neuropathy to be more of a graded product, you know, uh, modified product. <clears throat> but they'll have, they'll have that allowed, but they'll only have allow that one instance out of all the other medical conditions that are listed. And so when you get to the final expense world, if you read each page of the application, read each section of the application, it'll, allow, it'll let you know when you're allowed to go to the next section and then when you can continue. And my rule of thumb is if I get more than one yes on any final expense application, I need to slow way the heck down and make sure I'm not missing anything and make sure I'm not going to get a decline on the client. Because generally speaking, unless it's Columbia Financial Group, if you have more than one yes, generally speaking, you're not going to be able to take them to that carrier. And so when you have diabetes, if you're doing the final expense world, the final expense world is lenient. Just make sure you read each of those steps of the application and make sure you're not answering more than one yes, or if it is, that the instructions allow you to do that. Otherwise, you're in the home mortgage series, you're in the mortgage protection series, uh, you know, Strong Foundation, Columbia Financial Group, Safe Shield, those products. Those you use the worksheets or follow the guidelines that Connie printed out for Mutual of Omaha, and you're good to go. You should be able to feel pretty confident that, okay, with type 2 diabetics, I'm okay. Um, and then um, that's a good place to start. So I would encourage all of us, and this is what I do, is I, I have these, print, these worksheets printed out. I keep them with me in my bag, and the moment somebody mentions diabetes, whoop, I pull out my worksheet, I grab a pen here, help me fill this sheet out, and go get your meds, and let's make sure we can get you underwritten and get you qualified. All right, Dick, there you go. David, thank you so much. I do have a question that I'd like you uh, to elaborate on. Um, guys, what you just heard here seems overwhelming, but it really isn't. If you'll take the time to um, work through a couple of these worksheets on, for practice, just so that it becomes second nature to you, it really isn't that overwhelming. But you, I'm hoping you're getting a vision here now for how the insurance company sees things. And I would like, David, if you would address foresters and tobacco uh, with type 2 diabetes, um, what their policy is and what everybody else's policy is. And when we say tobacco, we mean everything, including vaping. Right. Well, the cool thing is that Forrester has eliminated tobacco use from their worksheet. It's not one of the things that they hit the client for. They don't score the client. Uh, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't hit them uh, with a negative point if they use tobacco uh, on this worksheet. As it used to be, you know, tobacco and diabetes, a lot of the carriers, they just say no. You know, tobacco use, they just say no. But, but Foresters actually allows that. And remember, Foresters is lenient when it comes to tobacco use. If somebody inhales from a cigarette, they're considered tobacco. Any other, any other consumption, vaping, uh, chewing, uh, cigars, is considered non-tobacco with Foresters. So, you know, I think as you're hearing this, we can kind of suspect Foresters changed their underwriting guidelines late last year and, and became substantially more lenient when it came to diabetes 
as they look at it, and they eliminated the tobacco question from their questionnaire. And so, you know, a good rule of thumb, if somebody's type 2 diabetic, especially if they smoke, run to foresters, embrace them, learn how to do the worksheet, learn how to read their guidelines, and, uh, and just make sure that you have the client bring out the meds so that you can, you can read through and make sure they're not on gabapentin uh, or any other nerve, nerve pain, you know, medication, and you should be pretty good. David, how do you answer the question on Forrester's uh, Strong Foundation? Uh, do you use tobacco products? And they say, I chew. How would you answer that question? On the application, it gives you two choices. It's, it's, it's early in the application, you answer yes to the tobacco question, and you quote it as tobacco uh, you know, to them. But then when you get into the application, it gives you a choice. It says cigarettes, and then it says other. <clears throat> Once you check off other, other <clears throat> then it moves the whole application to a non-tobacco. And, and let me qualify that. When you quote the client on the calculator, and the, somebody tells, tells you that they chew, then you select non-tobacco because that's the rate that they're going to get. But on the application, it says, do they use tobacco? You say yes, but then it brings up a drop-down that says cigarettes or other, and then you select other. As long as they do not inhale from a cigarette, they can use, they can use nicotine gum, they can vape, they can chew, then they're going to be on the other section and then Foresters allows that continue. So don't let the tobacco questions scare you. All that does is produce the second set of questions. And as long as they don't inhale a cigarette, they're considered non-tobacco as Foresters. And that, is, I believe, is the only company in the United States that does that. I think you're correct on that. And the reason I bring that up is it's extremely important that you put on the application that they do use tobacco because if they're killed in a car wreck in six months, they do an autopsy. And if it shows tobacco in their system and you put on the application they did not use tobacco, then we got a problem. But if you put on there that they use it, which you click the, uh, the uh, drop-down and said they chew, when they do the autopsy, they're expecting to see tobacco in, or nicotine in their system, and it's not going to be a problem. So it's extremely Can I important. Add one part? Sure. Can I add one part to that that's important about that? I have followed other agents in the home where I sat with the client and they were clearly tobacco users and showed me a policy that they were written by another agent just a few weeks earlier that listed non-tobacco. And I asked the client, did you tell the agent that you used, oh yeah, but he said he could give me a non-tobacco rate. I have followed numerous agents. Uh, one, unfortunately, was from Equus, others that were from other IMOs that had shown the client as non-tobacco when in fact they were tobacco. And we let the, the carrier know and I told the client, I said, look, your policy is no good as we sit here. Because if anything happens, for the very reason you just talked about, Dick, if anything happens, then uh, in, the, in, the, in the insurance company does an investigation, they're going to see you or tobaccos. So we need to get you underwritten properly. And, uh, and I will let you know that those, carry, those agents that did that, none of them are in the business today. One of them got caught by the state. The other one was, uh, the other two were terminated by their, by their IMOs for not being for for falsifying questions on their application you do not want to mess around with that don't mess around with it if somebody's tobacco they know they're going to pay more if they're a diabetic tobacco they know they're going to pay more give them the proper quote don't get tempted to click the no button for trying to get a deal it's not worth it you don't want to lose your business over it it's not worth it you know the secondary thing is on that david is you ruin your career but that's not the most important part 
the most important they part. They don't have that the coverage. Family, yeah, that family has put their trust in you. God forbid something happens and they lose their home due to foreclosure because you took a shortcut. That is despicable. And that, that we just take the high road on that. Uh, thanks for clarifying that. Um, Really thank you for um, pointing out on the gabapentin. I do want to point out um, on the diabetes questionnaires on the final expense, guys, read the question completely and carefully because a lot of times it says, do you have diabetes? And the agent just goes over and says, yes. Well, but it says in many cases, do you have diabetes in conjunction with neuropathy? Uh, different, you know, things that go wa- along with that. So if they if they don't have uh, diabetes in conjunction with something else, the answer to that question is no, because it's it's a combination of two things that makes it a yes. So take time to read that question uh, carefully. And uh, how do you get familiar with these things without being overwhelmed? David touched on it, and it's so important, is print off a paper application. Even though you're, excuse me, plan to use an e-app on final expense, print off the application so that you can read through the questions and just start becoming familiar with it. I tell all the new agents when they start with us, it's going to scare you how much you'll learn in the next 30 days. And it's true. It's amazing what they learn over a 30-day period of time excuse me, actually doing this, but this right here will help move you down that road much faster than anything else. And I remember uh, when I was in the field full-time, I never left the house without four or five final expense applications with each carrier. And guys, I can't tell you how many times I had, we had one company that was more forgiving um, than just about everybody the compensation was less. They didn't uh, participate in any things on the trips or anything. So they were a go-to when you had to get to the end. And many times I would fill out two applications and get to a question and get a yes, and then I would flip over to them. That company, the last year I was using them, paid me $59,000 in commission and sent me to Puerto Rico. But I wrote that business because I got yeses on other applications first. So always understand the the value and the importance of looking at those products and looking at those applications. Um, guys, I hope today has been a uh, an eye-opening experience for you. This is really not that complicated. It's not that overwhelming. Just take a few minutes and familiarize yourself with the things David has sent you, and this is definitely a, a podcast to go back and listen to.